Thakur Jai. Praying to Kaur Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Dwaitikadahar Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktivinoda Ki Jai. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Govopina Shri Kundarada Kundigiri Govardhana Ki Jai. Vrindavan Dhamma Ki Jai. Tura Dhamma Ki Jai. Navadri Mayapur Dhamma Ki Jai. Jagannath Puri Dhamma Ki Jai. Gangamaya Jamuna Devi Ki Jai. Bhakti Devi Ki Jai. Tulsi Maharani Ki Jai. Samaveta Bhaktivinoda Ki Jai. Gaur Pramanda. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanga. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada, Namah Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya Bhutalai, Sri Mati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nityanane, Namaste Saraswati Deva, Yoravani Pachanayam, Vasesa Sanamadi Paskatyate Satana. Vandayam Shri Guru Shri Guta Padakamalam Shri Guru and Vaishnava Shashi Rupam Sajatam Sajana Ravanatam Gitam Sam Sajivam Sadvaitam Sadhudutam Padijana Sayyata Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sajana Lavita Shri Vishatam Vitasha Vantahapa Jupasha Kipasimbiya Vatapa Tichanam Padamayam Vaishnava Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya May 31st, 2021, Hillsborough, North Carolina, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 25, Text 30. The Rogini Nando Ramascha Balinam Vadaha Krishna Malingya Yu Ashisha Sneha Karta Ashisha Sneha Katara Yasoda Mother Yasoda Rogini Rogini Nanda, Nanda Maharaj, Rama, Balaram, Cha, also Balinam, of the strong, Varaha, the greatest, Krishna, Krishna, Alingya, embracing, Yuyudhu, they all offered Ashishana, benedictions, Sneha, by their affection for him, Kattaraha, beside themselves. EBT translation. Mother Yashoda, Mother Rogini, Nanda Maharaja, and Balarama, the greatest of the strong, all embraced Krishna, overwhelmed with affection, they offered him their blessings. I'm going to read Sanatana Goswami's Tika. Uh, Jiva Goswami basically just says the same thing, and Vishnu Chakravati Thakur References to Nathan Goswami and says also, practically speaking, the same. This verse describes his meeting with the mother and others who were more affectionate to him than the other cowherds and women and were situated behind. Rohini's name is mentioned before Nanda's name since Nanda gave her great respect and she was the assistant to Yashoda. Balarama is called the best of the strong because, though he could have lifted Govardhan also, since he holds the earth on his head with ease in his expansion named Seisha, 
He was not inclined to do so because Krishna desired to perform this pastime. Or the phrase can indicate that he embraced Krishna with great intensity. So here we see some hermeneutics by Sanatana Goswami. He's giving two possible explanations of the fact that Balaram is called Balinam Varaha, the greatest of the strong. One is that his embrace of Krishna was very strong, that he strongly embraced Krishna, and the other is that he could have held up Govardhan Hill if he wanted to. What do what the planets feel like on the heads of an Mustard. A mustard seed. So if you had a mustard seed on your head, would you even know it was there? Agreeing with Krishna's desire, he remained silent because of his great affection, his great strength, and his knowledge, or in order to assist in glorifying Krishna as the lifter of Govardhan. Thus, he was not mentioned previously in the pastime. Yasoda, Rohini, and Nanda blessed him, saying, Protect us always, be happy always, and attain all your desires at all times. They were bewildered, Kartarava, because of their affection. And one thing that uh, Vishnu Chakravati Thakur adds here is that the reason Balaram is included with Rohini, Nanda, and Yasoda is that he also can have sometimes some parental type affection for Krishna being the older brother. In old drawings of lifting Govardhan, it is sometimes seen that the elder women offer him butter to eat, and his father and uncles support Govardhan with their heads. In this way, they become confused by their affection. Yasoda Rohini Nando Ramas Varaha Krishnam Alinga Yujur Ashishas Mother Yasoda, Mother Rohini, Nanda Maharaj, and Balaram, the greatest of the strong, all embraced Krishna. Overwhelmed with affection, they offered him their blessings. So here we see eternal family. Krishna with his eternal family. His mother and father, uh, Rohini, who's like a mother to him, and his brother Balaram. And this may be a little astonishing the concept that God has a family, his own personal family, especially his own mother and father. Of course, in Christianity, they have the idea of Mary and Joseph being the mother and father of Jesus, uh, Joseph being the foster father of Jesus. So they have some kind of conception like that of God having a mother. And of course, the Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox specifically revere Mary, although the Protestants have rejected this reverence of Mary. They consider uh, revolutionary a kind of idol worship. But this idea that God has a family, and in a number of places, Srila Prabhupada will talk about the fact that the Krishna likes to be addressed in terms of his relationship with his family. He likes to be called Yusoda Nandana and Nandanandana. And the gopis also, after Krishna's gone to Mathura, they say, I'm sure Krishna is remembering his mother and father because the family relationship is very dear even to the great sages. But he's probably not remembering us because we weren't part of his family. Uh, so they're, they're speaking like this. And of course, this is very mysterious because God says, I am the father of everyone. Krishna also says, I am the mother. I am the mother, I am the father, I am the grandsire. 
And in every religious tradition, Krishna is addressed as the Supreme Father. Radharani was speaking about this in the concept that religions see the Lord as the Father. So the concept that Krishna is there as a family member, and he's there, you know, as one of the children <laughs> in the family, the prince. He's not there as the king of Raja. Of course, he's not even there as the king of Mathura. You know, Krishna installs Ubrasena as the king. Interesting, you know, after Krishna kills Kamsa, he doesn't become the king. Rather, he installs Ubrasena as the king. He remains as, as the prince. Of course, he also says, you know, as members of the Yadu dynasty, there's this provision that the Yadus don't rule and so forth. And that's external. And Krishna tries to take this position. Of course, in Vaikuntha, it's not like that. We don't hear in Vaikuntha of the Lord having a mother and father. And in Vaikuntha, the Lord is the supreme king. So those who want to see God like that, there's this eternal debate. Is, is Vishnu... <laughs> Is Vishnu the supreme manifestation of God or is Krishna the supreme manifestation of God? I have a, a god-brother who argues with me endlessly that actually Vishnu is the supreme manifestation of God. So, I just say yes, yes, very nice. Because Krishna does come here and says, if you want to say Krishna is a manifestation of Shri Daksha Vishnu, if you want to say that's fine, you can say it like that. And in Vaikuntha, Sanatana Goswami describes how the residents of Vaikuntha, they're arguing with Gopu Kumar. And they're saying, you know, don't call Krishna Gopal. It's like calling some, you know, going to the president and saying, you're a village boy, like Jimmy Carter, or you're just a peanut farmer. <laughs> oh, peanut farmer, instead of saying president, oh, President Carter, oh, peanut farmer Carter. So the residents of my good were saying like this, you know, you can't call him Gopal. They say, yes, he, he herds cows in order to have a disguise to kill the demons but he's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. So those who want to see God in his supreme form of majesty, those who define God as the most majestic, for them, Vishnu is the supreme form of God. But to those who define God as Akila Rasamrita Murti, as the form of the most variety and intimacy of Rasas, they see Krishna as supreme. Krishna's two Bhagavan's See Krishna as the avatari. And we could ask, you know, is this real? Is it real? How is it real that Nanda is Krishna's father? And that Yasoda is Krishna's mother? Even that Balaram is Krishna's older brother. Now, how are we talking about older? Somebody can be older than Krishna. Does that make sense? One of Krishna's manifestations is older than another. Does that make any sense? Krishna is the oldest. He's the oldest, and all of his forms are eternal. Even for us, we're not created. Whatever. I should know that verse in my sleep. But anyway, so we're not created at a particular time. It's like the sun and the sunshine. You can't say, first there was the sun, and then there was the sunshine. Can you say that? There's no meaning to the sun without sunshine, and there's no meaning to the sunshine without sun. So we are eternal. We don't have a beginning. We're beginningless. Ajahn, Purana, Purusha. We are eternal, and the Lord is eternal. 
Ajo, Nitya, Saskatoya, We have no birth. So what is this that Krishna has a mother and father and that he has older brother? You know, he has a lot of brothers and sisters, actually, a lot of half-brothers and sisters. Because Vasudeva has, what, 16 wives? And the, uh, actually, all the wives except for Devaki were in Vrindavan. It's explained in the Bhagavatam, although we don't hear much about them in the Vrindavan Lila, but they were all in Vrindavan, and it's possible that uh, some of their children are mentioned later in the Bhagavatam, but it's possible they also have some children there in Vrindavan with Krishna Balaram. And we just, you know, we're only hearing about the primary personalities in the Lila. So how is this? Is this real? Well, if we want to look at things from, from the point of view of Tattva, then we say, well, really Krishna is everyone's father, and this is some divine illusion of Yogamaya. Generally, we use the word Yogamaya, uh, at least in the Hare Krishna movement, we use the word Yogamaya to refer to a spiritual kind of bewilderment, and Mahamaya to refer to a material kind of bewilderment. Actually, if you look through the use of the word Yogamaya, Mahamaya, Mahamaya, in the Bhagavatam and in the other days, that distinction is not actually there. But we, we tend to use it in that way. But anyway, there's some sort of divine, playful illusion that is put over the residents of Vrindavan where they think, I'm Krishna's mother, I'm Krishna's father. And Mother Yusuf, when she sees the universal form, for a brief time she says, oh, how is it that I think Krishna is my son? But she also says, how do I think Nandamaraj is my husband? How do I think that this land belongs to me? Right? She goes into kind of a different frame, which Krishna quickly dissipates. Right? And again, she sees him as her son. And she never goes into the on-reverence that Arjuna goes into when he sees the universal form. So again, we can ask, is this real? And to some extent, we answer, well, no. It's a kind of illusion. It's a kind of, of maya. On the other hand, we can say, this is the ultimate real. This is, it's the ultimate real. In one sense, we can say that the reality of rasa is a higher reality than the reality of tattva. In fact, if we're going to say that Krishna is the supreme manifestation of God rather than Vishnu, we, we have to say that. We have to say Krishna is the ultimate manifestation of Godhead because he has this variety of intimacy of rasa and variety of rasa. That we have to say that the variety of rasa and the intimacy of rasa is more real than the majesty where he's the supreme father and everyone is the, are his children. Does that make sense to you? So in one sense, we can say that rasa is a higher reality than tattva. It's an eternal existence. Nanda is eternally Krishna's face, always Krishna's face. There wasn't a beginning. Balaram's always Krishna's older brother. It wasn't really, you know, and it is... Naimika Lila, then Balaram takes birth first, and then Krishna... Nanda and Yasoda appear first and then Krishna comes in the way of uh, the Nara Lila. But in the old, in the spiritual world, it's not like that. There's no birth. Although they have birthday celebrations. They have, they have birthday festivals. But there, there's no birth. There's nothing like that. So that's the ultimate reality. 
There is a this family concept that exists in God as an ultimate reality. And Krishna likes having a mother and father. And he likes having an older brother. Isn't that interesting? God's the supreme father, the supreme mother, the supreme older brother. Like, you know, writes one song like that. You're my mother, my father, my brother. But he likes also having them. I mean, it's interesting, this blessing, they say, may you always protect us. <laughs> this is fascinating. You know, generally parents don't ask their seven-year-old child to protect them in a catastrophe. <laughs> you know, if there was a flood here, we would, we would be asking the little children to protect us. I mean, my name, please protect us from the flood. <laughs> so they have this, this mix of this, this parental mood and yet they have this, this concept that Krishna is protecting them. Of course they feel Narayana is empowering Krishna to protect them because that's the discussion that transpires later where the coward man asks Nanda, you know, how is it that Krishna does this? Oh, he's empowered by Narayana. But they're giving him blessings. You know, in, in traditional societies, the elders give blessings to the younger and the younger don't give blessings to the older. The younger offer obeisances to the older, and the older blesses the younger. So they're giving him blessings as their as their elders, right? And Krishna's relishing this. Krishna's relishing that that someone loves him as his son, and someone loves him as his little brother. So because this exists in reality, therefore we are hankering for this when when we try to imitate God in this world. We want the same kind of thing. We want someone who's going to love us as a mother and someone who's going to love us as a father and someone who's going to love us as our older brother and our younger brother and someone that we can be a child to. We're, we're, we're trying to replicate this reality in this world. And it becomes the, the primary focus in this world is our concept of family which extends to the concept of nation, you know, this is my country, or this is my, you know, ethnicity, and this is my race, and this is... All these, all these things expand from this concept of family. And we're very much trying to enjoy that here. You know, my mother loves me, my father loves me. I mean, there's so much psychological trauma and so much physical disease that can be traced to feeling that my mother doesn't love me or my father doesn't love me. And it's so much. You know, if we feel, oh, you know, my father abandoned me when I was three or my mother didn't take care of me, you know, my father was an alcoholic, my big brother beat me up all the time. And there's so much trauma from that. Why? Because we have this concept that we should have this unconditional love from family. There's one uh, devotee you know, ask me for, for my advice on his book, very bad idea to ask me for my advice. I warn them. I say, you know, I was trained by Jai Dwayta Swami in editing, and you should not ask me for feedback when you're writing. <laughs> I give them a warning. And then I say, give me one page for me to give you feedback on, and then I see how they respond. Anyway, he did not respond very well, and he's looking around for another editor. 
So <laughs> this devotee who's never been married, uh, he's writing a book on how to care for teenagers, and uh, although he has worked a lot with, with youth as a preacher. So he, he sent me this one page to review, and it was all about family, as if he was talking about Krishna's family. He's saying, you know, in the family, there's unconditional love. Everybody just gives as much as they can. And you know you can always count on your family all the time. They're always there for you. They love you no matter what. And I'm like, I said, this is madness. I said, you're describing the spiritual world. I said, if you tell people that if you chant Hare Krishna, your family is going to be like this, you're just going to set them up for disappointment and you're going to set them up for some concept of entitlement. That, you know, we're all chanting Hare Krishna, therefore my family should be like this. He said, it's, it's, it's not a fact. You know, you're saying that it, it, within the family there's no envy, <laughs> there's never any malice, there's never any betrayal. <laughs> I said, what, what world are you living in? So, you know, the problem with our, our families in this world is they're not real. Like Mara Chitraketu's son, you know, when he's brought back to life by Angira and Narada, and he says, and they say, here are your mother and father, they're crying for you. And the boy says, in what life were they my mother and father? You know, a similar thing happened with Srivastakur's son when Mahaprabhu brought him back to life. And he said, I am going through so many families and I am coming and going by the will of the Lord. I mean, Chitraketu said, I think my son was my enemy in a past life. And he has taken birth as my son and died early just to give me pain. And Prabhupada in a purport, not with that verse, but a few verses later, he actually says that. He says Chitraketu's son was his enemy in a past life. And it happens. You know, people die fighting on the battlefield and then they take birth so that it's a mother and son or brothers or husband and wife. It happens. It's a good position by which to, from which to extract revenge, isn't it? You know, if you really hate somebody, then become their mother or their son or their brother or their spouse. And this happens. We get drawn into families by great attachment and attachment can be positive or negative. It's not always positive. And then we're changing roles. You know, one lifetime you're the brother, another lifetime you're the wife, another lifetime you're the cousin. So it's, it's not real. And then we're not these bodies. You know, the relationship becomes my body gave birth to your body. My body took birth from the same parents as your body. But we're not the bodies. So it's, it's all, it's really, really illusion. And the idea that, you know, well, we're going to be all give, you, give to each other without, you know, unconditionally, it's not a fact. Prabhupada talks about, I was just hearing this the other day, how he was, saw a court case where the mother and son were fighting in court for years over some small thing, right? Kali Yuga people will become enemies over a penny. And you'll see this, you know, as somebody dies in the family and people are fighting over the will and the brothers and sisters become enemies, and right? Everybody knows this. You know, mother and children become enemies. And so many people, like, they never talk to each other now. You know, so much family estrangement. 
people who ne- they never talked to their mother or their father or their sisters or you know my sister didn't talk to me for ten years because I joined the Hare Krishna. She says I want nothing to do with you. And that sister was she was sixteen when I was born and she was she was like a second mother to me. She always said you know I'll always be here whenever you want. You can always depend on me. Anything you need. And then I joined the Hare Krishna movement. And she's like I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want anything to do with you. And this is, this is the nature of the world. Parents who reject their children, children who reject their parents, siblings who reject each other. And it can be over practically nothing. You know, mother gave you the silver in her will, so I'm never going to talk to you. Something like that. And so we become very disappointed and frustrated in, in this world with these sorts of things. You know, my, my home, my nationality, and my ethnicity, my family, it, it becomes a source of great disappointment for all of us in some way or another. You know, I think it, it's a rare person who can say, well, I have no disappointment in my family. Right? There's, no, there's nothing about my family life. Everything's perfect. Uh, maybe there's such a person walking around all the time. Uh, but generally, that's not. There's some kind of sorrow. There's some kind of grief. So what do we do with our family relationships in this world? Because everybody has a family. I, I, I remember a time in ISKCON when the preachers were like really anti-family. Right? Remember that? It was really heavy. All these sannyasis, most of whom did not say sannyasis who were, you know, really, really heavy, don't get married, and, you know, your wife is Maya Devi, and your husband is Maya Deva. <laughs> Children are all little Maya Devas, you know. <laughs> the tigress and the jackals and, and all, this, all this stuff, you know. <laughs> I'd be going to these, these classes, and, and just I would, I would come home from Bhagavatam class, you know, in tears. I'm just, I'm just come home devastating sometimes for hours. <laughs> so, uh, what do we do with these? With our because we everyone has a family, you know. Even if you don't marry and have children, you have parents, and most people have siblings. Everybody, nobody can be born in this world without some sort of family. So it's very interesting. Quinty's uh, prayers, where Marsha was talking about Kunti's prayers yesterday at the breakfast. So Kunti has this very interesting prayer, Sneyapashu, this rope of affection. And she says, please cut this rope of affection with my family members. Now, this Sneyapashu is also very interesting because it's mentioned by Chitraketu's queen. Something like that. So when she's crying over the death of her son, She's saying, Providence, why do you create this snehapashu? Why do you create this rope of affection if you're just going to break it? I mean, obviously, for the continuation of the species, it's useful to have a, a rope of affection within the family. And a lot of it is formed chemically, by the way. That's a whole other discussion by things like oxytocin. But, but Kunti is saying, you know, break this snehapashu. And the question is raised, of course, that her family are all Vaishnavas. I mean, Prabhupada gives the explanation that Kunti asks this because she's bewildered with her parental family and her children. 
that she's attached to both of them, but if Krishna's with her parental family, he's not with her and her children, and if he's with her and her children, he's not with her parental family. And she's so bewildered by the fact that she's torn in these two directions that she's saying, just let me not have any affection for either part of the family, so I'll be okay with wherever Krishna goes. But Prabhupada, in his uh, lecture on that verse, which is in the, put in the teachings of Queen Kunti as part of the purport, he says, seeing in the darkness is not seeing, but seeing in the light is seeing. And we can have real relationships if it's soul-to-soul via the super-soul. So the impersonalists, they see this falsity of our family attachment that is basically simply biochemicals meant for the preservation biologically of the species. And they say it's not real on the spiritual platform to just walk away from it. Although there's many statements in the Bible that even great sages... And, and great realized souls have difficulty in fully walking away from the standing infection. But our Vaishnava view is different. Our Vaishnava view is spiritualized. That's our Vaishnava view. You know, I was looking up the other day, Prabhupada talking about society, friendship, and love, and 99% of the time, Prabhupada writes about society, friendship, and love pejoratively that it's, it's terrible. But then he formed an international society. That's the S. It's not Ikhan, it's Iskhan. He formed a society. And in this society we have friends. I hope. We have friends. And to have a society there have to be many families. There's no religious institution in the history of the world that has existed if all the members are celibate. Never, it's never happened. You have to have families. You have to have children. And without families, how is it a society? It's not. So what do we do with this? You know, do we just like have our friends and our family and just take them all as Maya? I mean, we tried that in this time for quite some time. But we spiritualize soul to soul via the super soul. That, of course, there's going to be some affection because of the bodily relation. Prabhupada says that's natural. And again, the, the young gopis, they, they talk about Krishna like that. And Prabhupada talks about Krishna. Prabhupada says Krishna likes to be addressed by the names of his family members because it's natural to have some attachment on the basis of family. But our real attachment should be soul to soul via the super soul. Our real attachment should be that we join together in serving Krishna, that Krishna becomes the center. Even Prabhupada talked about himself like that. Prabhupada said, I am not your friend. He said, no one can be your friend. He said, I am your friend in this sense that I am connecting you to Krishna, who is your real friend. And if we do that, it doesn't mean that our family is going to turn into some utopian family life in the spiritual world. Please don't expect that. Please don't expect if I'm a devotee and I marry a devotee that there'll be some kind of unconditional love and in all circumstances and it'll be eternal like that, like Marisota and Nanda. Please don't expect that. That's, that's not going to be the reality. But there can be this bond of love with Krishna at this That there can be. 
that becomes the idealized form of family in this world. And the idealized form of friendship, like we have Narottama Dasakur who writes this song, Sri Pada, where he's expressing his love for another devotee. And he's writing about Rupa Mandari like one would write about Krishna. Or he says, you know, Ramachandra Sangate, I want to be association. He's not talking about Lord Ramachandra, he's talking about his friend Ramachandra. And of course, we learn without Sadhu Sangha, without the association of devotees, nobody can make any advancement, practically speaking. So when we become Vaishnava Sangha for each other, then the other Maya thing, the illusory temporary things, become subsidiary. They become not so important. And then also we're not so affected by the difficulty of the temporary relationships, which are there. That is undoubtedly that you know if there's a fight between husband and wife, it's not as devastating because it's like don't expect this to be some kind of, of utopia. I expect that we're going to help each other in our Krishna consciousness. Sometimes we're going to have a fight. Sometimes there's going to be this, sometimes it's and another thing we can do is we can remember in these difficulties in our relationships in this world, even between other devotees. I mean, the thing that shook my faith in it when, I, when I was just rather new in Islam, the thing that really shook my faith was unpalatable relationships between devotees. And I find that that's, that situation has a very devastating effect on a lot of people. They're thinking, you know, it's going to be like the soda and Nanda and Krishna and And when it's not, then, then their faith gets shaken. Is when these things happen, you know, when our apparent devotee friend becomes our devotee enemy, when there's, you know, catastrophe even in our devotee family, then we can remember that in Krishna's pastimes in this world, these things also happen. Rukmi becomes the enemy of Rukmini and Krishna. So much so that Balaram kills him at the wedding of the grandchildren. There's enmity between the Kurus and the Pandavas, so much so that it erupts into a war. You know, Samba kidnaps Lakshmana, and the, the, the Kurus, are, they imprison him. You know, Kunti's a widow with young children, and there's an attempt on her life by the very persons who are supposed to be protecting her. And we can become absorbed. There's separation here between uh, Rohini and Vasudev. I actually meditated some months ago. I was doing some deep meditation on this. We have here about Rohini and Balaram. And this, this Leelas, it's being shared. Yasoda and Nanda are sharing the glories of their son, Krishna. But Rohini's not able to share the glories of her son, Balaram, with, with the father. And there's Vasudev in, in Mathura. He gets to hear about what his son's Krishna Balaram does, but he can't openly celebrate it. Especially he can't openly celebrate what Krishna does just prior to the day. He has to hear about Balaram and possibly other children by his other wives. Indirectly, maybe. Maybe Rohini can see, can see him sometimes, but not with Balaram. To meditate on that and to start going to use our difficulties in this worldly relationship, even among devotees, 
to go deeply into meditating on Krishna's lila and instead of becoming absorbed with our material emotions, to become absorbed with the spiritual emotions, or to become absorbed in Krishna's eternal family. So, questions, comments? Maharaj, yes. You said that there's no religious society without families. What about Mount Athos? It seems to be functioning quite well. Who? Mount Athos. Yeah, but that's not the whole society. That's a little piece of it. That's just a little piece of it. So you can have, you know, a little piece of of a religious society that are celibates, but if the whole religion is made of celibates, the religion fails. Case in point, the Shakers. The Shakers is the primary example. Don't let the Shaker out. Doesn't it? It just, sociologically speaking, it doesn't. Yes. Yes. Um, so it seems that one consequence of the fact that the true relationship is centered on Krishna is that therefore we kind of expect it to be transitive and it isn't. So we expect that the friend of my friend will be my friend. And we also expect that the enemy of my enemy might be my friend. But this is all related to ourselves. So that's not actually the case. Uh, so because we have ourselves as the center, therefore it doesn't work rather than Krishna's center. Is that your point? Yes. Thank you. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. That's a very deep thought that we could go into more. Deeply.